we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for February 14th, 2022. Uh, a lot to cover today and some things I haven't you know, really gotten into uh, before, at least initially, probably in part one. Very interesting stuff. Um, go ahead and open us up with the strategic warfare prayer. And I've got a little bit later, I don't want to really mention it now, but I've got some uh, info to report on regarding you know, potential answers to these warfare prayers that we have been doing every week now for, for quite a long time. Um, I see it bearing fruit in, 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 a, in a very good way. And really, there's no way to really know <clears throat> until, you know, you get to heaven what the result of things like, you know, dedicated prayers and warfare prayers and just the fruit of your life there's really no way to know that until obviously you know you're in heaven um but a lot of times you can see things you know tangible results in the present as well and we're going to kind of be reporting on that a little bit later uh so this is the strategic warfare prayer <clears throat> i'll open us up <clears throat> father god in heaven in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against and oppose all satanic operations, manipulations, subversions, tactics, and plans, which are designed to hinder, prevent, or frustrate God's original plans and purposes from their swift manifestation taking place in, the, in their correct time and season. We come against all satanic alliances and confederations worldwide. Let every evil effort and endeavor fail, cause the news media to be caught in their lying and manipulation so that only truth is brought forth. We ask that every satanic strategy of prohibition and limitation placed upon the body of Christ by the dark side shall not prevail. We pray that all invisible and visible walls of opposition, restriction, and delay would be exposed and destroyed. O oh God, confound the devices and um, confound the devices and the wicked plans of the enemy that they have crafted, so that their hands are not able to perform their evil enterprise. Save those that can be saved, O Lord, but those that cannot be saved, overtake them in their own crafty and devious ways. Let them fall into the pits that they have dug for the righteous. Let the fire of God devour them. Let them turn on and consume one another and have them in total confusion and derision. We loose the hosts of heaven to war against the hosts of darkness and bring an end to all deceptive, secret, and destructive measures designed to destroy all of God's creation and defile the world. According to 1 John 3, 8, for this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he would destroy the works of the enemy. <clears throat> Father God, overrule all strategies, tactics, and curses of the enemy by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood and overthrow all spoken words, enchantments, divination, spells, hexes, vexes, curses, witchcraft prayers, and every idle word spoken contrary to God's original plans and purposes according to Isaiah 54:17, and break the curses associated with all these ceremonies, rituals, utterances, and their plans to bring about a chaotic, bloody revolution in worldwide and to usher in martial law and the new world order. <clears throat> Father God, we pray that their plans shall be uncovered and not prevail. We shall be frustrated and unable to achieve any impact, and that their wickedness and violent verbal dealings would return upon their own heads, according to Psalm 716. Father God, we humbly ask you to reveal every hidden agenda, plan, and cover-up in the secret shadow government regarding their attempts to manipulate end-time events, which would lead to the destruction of your Christians and the innocent. Please send divine, powerful, angelic forces against their diabolical plans to frustrate and expose them so that they will be dismantled. Dispatch legions of worried angels and any other kinds of angels that are necessary to enforce your perfect will on the United States and on all the earth. Release your divine strategies and revelations upon any righteous person in government worldwide. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and cause your divine wisdom and courage to come upon them. Cause them to be like a holy trumpet, shedding light upon the 
dark hidden secrets of the wicked. Send a spirit of confusion amongst the camp of the enemy. Let their tongues be divided, and when they communicate, let it be incoherent and misunderstood. Arrest those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel and Belial and all other wicked spirits, and cause them to be caught in their own lies and conspiracies. Let them not be able to resist the spirit of truth or gain any ground in the natural or spiritual realm. Cause every evil spirit that is released from their diabolical assignments to be cast into the abyss until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire and that none would be able to come to take their place. Please cause these prayers and all future prayers to take on the characteristics of divine projectiles in the realm of the spirit so that they will accomplish your divine will. We seal this prayer by the blood of the lamb and ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And throughout this uh, particular prayer there are bible verses that i'm not saying but they're commingled in there meaning where do i get the bible for praying this particular sentence well sometimes there's three or four or five verses and sometimes there's one but those are all interspersed and commingled in this prayer if you want to check those out uh so the next report and i'm not going to spend a ton of time on this at all uh i entitled this are we on the cusp of the long predicted world war three that will most likely bring us into the tribulation as i've been saying for years that's probably where world war three is going to take us that that's what that's what the occultists that have predicted world war three since even like the late 1800s have said you know they they've even said such things that they're aware of the bible they're aware of you know the Antichrist that's coming in the false and in you know the seven-year tribulation, they're aware of those things. They're trying to put their own, they're trying to appropriate that and, and put their own demonic um spin on it and say, well, no, it's gonna go down like this. Remember, Satan always has his plan, and but God's plan is what's gonna prevail. God's plan is what's gonna overrule whatever supposedly Satan has planned. <clears throat> uh my heading for this says top headlines pointing in that direction, meaning are we, is World War War III bring us into the tribulation? And we're going to read some of those top headlines. Regarding the end times and the tribulation period, Jesus predicted in Matthew 24, 6 through 8, King James Version, quote, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. Well, that's all we've been hearing lately. And I know that's been off and on for, you know, probably as long as we've been alive. Uh, not to say there's not been real wars, <laughs> that, that they haven't been the real thing, but specifically regarding the very late end times, which is what Matthew 24 is about, and end of the tribulation period, Jesus said, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. Uh, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, you know, what do we see? You know, we see all of this famines and pestilences and earthquakes. I mean, pestilences like sickness, like, the, you know, the biowarfare genetically released, modified, you know, Vax COVID-19 zombie hordes spreading their payloads, their spike protein payloads, this type of thing. I, I think um, a lot of these things are from that standpoint, like pestilences. That's a lot of our governments of the world trying to perpetuate those things in order to, to depopulate the world. Famines, I mean, you know, the price of, price of food, you know, skyrocketing a lot of shelves, emptying a lot. We're, we're seeing that, and that's just in America. I, I can't imagine what it might be like in other countries. Um, <clears throat> and earthquakes, tons of those in diverse places. Diverse means many, varied. 
and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. So these things are just the beginning of sorrows. That's even before, I think it's during, but it's also before the tribulation. Now, I mean, top headlines read. I just went up and grabbed about three different news aggregate websites. Uh, Drudge and, and a couple others, okay? Uh, World War III could begin at any time. Biden sends 3,000 more troops to Poland. U.S. Russia pull staff from Ukraine. Brink of war. Flights halted. Frantic 48 hours to stop Europe from war. Uh, 130,000 Russian troops border Ukraine. Potent weapon systems. Financial atrocities at the core of the global problems. Ron Kirby says all the problems of the world, whether it's truckers in Canada or the trouble in Ukraine, can be traced back to the obscene secret money creation and the lies to cover it all to cover it all up. So, um, <clears throat> I'm just going to play this, oh, it's almost 10 minutes, this clip here from the Canadian Prepper. And it just gives a kind of a general overview about what's going on right now and what we might be expecting in, in these types of things. So, I'm going to go ahead and play that now. This Canadian Prepper here, so I just want to give you some up-to-date intel that I've received I've been getting these messages left and right since I've been making these videos where I've been sharing the intel I've been receiving from various military personnel and people in the know from around the world. I just get sent more and more of these messages, so I'm going to share them. This guy's a long-standing YouTuber that has like a reputable... Yeah, he sells like a lot of the prepper survival stuff like that. Uh, he's got really good videos where he rates different survival and prepper products I, i've referenced him a lot i think he's a he's a good dude he seems like a good dude that that is just um you know puts out generally really good information and there's just there's not been a ton i've ever heard from him that makes me shriek back in horror now you know i'm not saying i've ever listened to all of his broadcasts either so i'm not giving some blanket endorsement at the same time i'm just saying overall he seems like um a pretty good dude like i had a longtime listener rebuke me last week that i used that avi lipkin dude that i really didn't know a ton about and he was just aghast and just how dare i and how stupid am i and, and all this and it's and it's almost like i glean from a guy like that because what i did cover about muslims infiltrating our society i've covered that i don't even know how many times probably approaching 100 since this ministry started um i i um will use a source like that much the same way i would use cnn so every once in a while i'll use the communist news network as a source because what they're saying is easily verifiable if you dig it all he just happened to be the source i was using i wasn't and i even said that in the teaching i'm like i'm not giving this guy some kind of blanket endorsement and like I've ever, and it's almost like when I get those emails, it's almost like, how dare you not knowing for every single thing this person stands for and every single thing he has ever said. I'm, I'm sorry, because the internet's kind of a big place and there are literally thousands and thousands of broadcasters. It's tough for me as one guy to know everything about everybody. I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. I'm far from Jesus Christ. I'm striving to be more, but I'm not. And so I kind of messed up and I'm, you know, Sorry about that. But the information that um, I did cover, or he covered in that last broadcast, was true. It was very true. It's very easy to verify that Muslims, wherever they go, seek to infiltrate wherever the infidels are um, to uh, for many different various and sundry reasons. And a lot of it is, you know, about potential 
murder victims in the future when they openly declare um, holy jihad, their, their holy war against the infidels, which they've been chomping at the bit to do that to the great Satan, America, for decades and decades. So, and anyway, I uh, just want to throw that in. With you today, so you can get a heads up and a head start about what is coming. Now, we've been warning people about this for the last couple months, and all of a sudden today... Uh, the stock market's seeing red. All the financial channels are freaking out. They're selling all their stocks. It's going to get wild. It's going to get crazy. This could be the black swan event that tanks the stock market. So I want people to be ready. Now, that said... Which we've been warning about that potential event for many, many years. I mean, that that will most likely be used. Remember, they got to destroy the old world order to bring in the new world order. So when you see wholesale things institutions that have been around for maybe over 100 years and when you see those things crumbling things like the banking industry the stock market the nations and, and the institutions when you see a lot of those things crumbling in a way that the, where you know they can never recover well then it's a pretty good chance we're going into the new world order. They're, they're, they're burning down the old world order to get us into the new world order. And it's probably going to be part of what they term as the Great Reset, which you know I think if you read Klaus Schwab's, Schwab's writings, the, the guy that brought us the COVID-19 debacle um, and how the Great Reset is going to, um, is dependent upon that. And I don't think it's working out exactly the way they want it to or wanted it to, but I do think they milked a whole lot out of the COVID-19 agenda. I'm not saying they're still not doing that. Um, but all of this stuff is tied together. That said, it could crash the market, but the market could bounce back if they the market realizes that this is going to be a proxy engagement. Because I think right now people are seeing World War III. I got to be straight up honest with you guys. That's what the market is seeing right now. So expect that oil prices are going to go up hopefully people in europe if i have people in europe who watch this i hope your pantries are stocked to the rafters i hope you got uh those gas tanks and jerry cans filled up because things could get pretty serious in the not so distant future now we had that press conference today where the u.s officials were basically saying that you know they think that putin is going to attack and blah 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 and who really knows what that means if you've been watching my most recent videos lately you know that this situation is a lot more complicated than right. putin just wants to attack the ukraine okay yeah. it's a lot more complicated than that there's and, and so i kind of like this video because he's taking a little more of a balanced look at this like okay is it you, you go to hal turner we're, we're gonna we would have been dead 400 times over dead and buried if you believed every single thing he has ever come out with red alert all his deep level intel sources or whatever and you know it's over and over with that guy. Now, sometimes he nails it. A lot of times he's the first one, but he tends to just get whatever information he runs with and run with it like it's the gospel, the gospel truth, you know? And he has got it wrong so many times, I wouldn't even know where to begin, okay? And also, don't ever use Sorsha Fall as a, as a source. That that is absolute 100% like Russian cult disinformation has been for like 20 years. I have a whole file on social fall. It's a cult. It's literally the social fall is like some weird title for some, the leader of this cult. It's a Jesus Christ Christian hating cult that is like based out of Russia. 
And, you know, yeah, I'm sure sometimes they get it right. But that is, you, you talk about Levin. I don't, when I see Sorcha Fall, I don't even look at it. Okay, and I, I've again, I've got a file on on that and a lot of the other ones that are just overt. Dis now you have to understand, even though it's overt disinformation, they're going to still give you um, truth commingled with lies. I mean, that's what Levin is all about. They got to hook you in some way. A lot of other things which could potentially trigger this whole thing to go off, and it doesn't necessarily just involve sole russian aggression for the sake of it because they want to expand the russian empire it's a lot more complicated so go and watch my previous videos on it but i want to share a couple emails that i've received with you guys so you can know what is coming so i'm not going to reveal any identifiers uh for this person so let's just uh, get to it so i am a long time subscriber to your channel keep my name private for all intensive purposes but I want to inform you of some news that came from a friend of mine who is in the United States military. So this is kind of a friend of a friend news, but we'll take it with a grain of salt. My friend is being prepared to be deployed to Eastern Europe. For this email, we will call my friend Bob. Bob is saying that a large amount of troops could be deployed in the near future, much higher figures than being discussed right now. Bob said that the military is actively transporting a large amount of supplies, weapons, and other wartime essentials to Europe. And of course, this would be consistent yeah. with the video I did yesterday. Yeah, it's consistent with even mainstream news reports and uh, alternative news reports saying that. So it's not like a, you know, some kind of zany theory. Where I uh, shared that information that was provided to me by the pilot who was working for the private firm who was basically shuttling armaments or whatever other precious unknown cargo he was uh, shuttling over there. This was the only information that could be shared as the rest of what Bob had to say was classified. So I'm not sure how up in the uh, chain of command Bob is, but we'll have to assume he knows something. The U.S. military is preparing for a war with Russia and its allies. Feel free to share this message, but keep my name private. Everything that came from Bob can be shared. Okay, take that one for what it's worth. I've heard a lot of reports of military equipment being moved throughout the U.S. on trains, although... That is something which happens quite frequently. Now, I want to read another email that I received. Uh, this one is related to cyber attack, and this is one that we really need to pay attention to because I think this one may catch people by surprise if things do start to pop off. And if we start seeing cyber attacks, that's when you know we are inching closer to an actual full-on, full-scale engagement between NATO and uh, Russia and its allies. I'm based in the UK and work in the telecoms industry, a major worldwide mobile telecoms company. I'm heavily involved in the current 5G rollout. Now just save your conspiracy stuff, okay? This is more serious than that, so just listen to what he has to say, or she, I don't know if it's a he or she. On Monday, there was a huge cyber attack against Vodafone Portugal. The entire network went down as a result of this attack. As it stands right now, only 3G service had been partially restored. 4G and 5G, which carry the bulk of mobile data traffic, is still off the air. This type of attack has never been carried out before. The hackers now have direct experience of bringing down an entire national mobile phone network. There is concern that in the industry that this could happen again. I am aware that it is not known who carried out this cyber attack and what their motive is. This has the hallmarks of originating from a nation state. If you've watched my previous videos on cyber attacks, you know that it requires a lot of resources to pull off a hack 
like that, and typically it does stem from some sort of nation-state. As you know, any major war against Russia or China would be preceded by a large-scale cyber attack against NATO states. This could happen at any time, especially at a time of great international tension. If another operator in the West goes down as a result of cyber attack, I would be certain it is the start. This info may be of use to your viewers, and I know you will be discreet about your source. A search for Vodafone Portugal on Google does not show news articles for this cyber attack. Now, a lot of these cyber attacks, I suspect, are kept secret. For one, there's always that ransomware issue where you don't want... It's kind of like how you don't report an uh, active shooter's name because you don't want to give them any... You don't want to draw attention to it, and you don't want copycats. Same way... I believe that they're trying to uh, limit panic on the one hand, and these companies obviously don't want this news to get out if they can help it because they don't want their stocks to be compromised or whatever. But you also don't want to give people incentive to do this in the future, so you don't want to call too much attention to it. Now, absolutely, we will start to see these sorts of failures failures okay we start we've been seeing these for the last year now we've seen the gas pipeline issue we've seen it with the airplanes and the airports all aspects of critical infrastructure can be hacked nowadays because there are computer systems behind all those things whether that's water treatment facilities heating natural gas flows the power grid okay telecommunications hospitals it's all wired in i made a video about cyber attack and what the first 24 hours of a global cyber war would look like i would encourage you to go and check out that video it's a little bit exaggerated but i do that so that you can see all the various things which might be impacted we cover everything in that video so go and check it out anyways guys i just wanted to give you a heads up that this situation as we've been telling you for months now is finally starting to come to a head and in my own personal opinion it starts to look like nato or at least one side of nato is looking for a war and this could potentially mean that there's not going to be a pipeline to europe which means that those gas prices are going to stay sky high so like I say, for all my European viewers, I hope you guys are prepping hard right now because, you know, we have the luxury of being across the pond, although this is going to affect everybody. Everybody's going to be pulled into this. Nobody is going to be safe. And the people who are closest to the front lines, they're the ones who are going to have it roughest at first. But the supply chain is going to have a ripple effect. Everybody is going to have to eat some you-know-what. Some people's pieces are going to be bigger than others. But I would encourage you, stock up, gear up now if you can, because it's looking like this market could tank. This could tank the market. Dead serious. This could be the black swan event that triggers the next massive correction. However, I just want to provide this one caveat to that argument. This actually could be a bit of a head fake with the markets too. We may see a major initial correction, kind of like what we've seen in March 2020, and it may bounce back when people realize that this is likely going to be a limited proxy engagement. Now, I want to say for people who are watching this in the Ukraine, I don't think you're going to see the wholesale bombardment of civilian cities. I just cannot see that in any way shape or form uh, that's the last thing you want to do not only for from an international war crimes uh, perspective but also it just looks bad and you're never going to win the hearts and minds of people so i don't think that it's going to necessarily progress to that i think that 
targets are going to be primarily military-based, and that might be common sense for people in the know of military things, but I think a lot of people who may not understand these sorts of things might think that, you know, they're just going to start dropping bombs on everybody over there. I can't see that happening. There's nothing for them to gain by doing that. If anything, it's going to be the annexation piece by piece of various points that Russia deems to be strategic. Okay, I don't even want to say that Russia is going to invade because we all know that there's two sides to this story. There's definitely two sides to this story. And if they're talking about putting those uh, anti-ballistic <laughs> missiles in the Ukraine, you can totally understand why Russia doesn't want that in their backyard. I mean, would we want anti-ballistic missiles in Cuba or Mexico? You know, probably not, especially if they belong to to Russia, right? So, Okay, so I just wanted to give you a little overview there regarding that subject because it's, you know, front page headlines pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm going to just touch on this. I just added this in, like, just now just because i'm i'm literally going to be releasing the study on uh valentine's day and I, I haven't over the years i've done a lot of pagan holidays this isn't one i've really emphasized a ton but on uh february 12th of 2012 okay so you know we're looking at about 10 years ago yeah 10 years ago um almost to the day <laughs> Uh, I released a study and it was it was just part of my current events but the first part of the study in the table of contents was entitled be nobody's Valentine the horrific pagan history of Valentine's Day now I give you I'm giving you a audio that I did on that but I'm just going to give you a little overview a little more overview on this just to kind of cover it a little bit more uh, Christians should be should be known by their discernment and should be asking questions regarding Valentine's Day. Like, what is the origin of this unusual day? Why is there a preoccupation with, with the color red? Where did the heart shape come from? And what does it mean? These and other questions will now be answered as we examine the roots and the pagan origin of this popular day. Now, those questions are more thoroughly answered in the link to the audio. I'll give you a link to the audio here at the end of this. But to give you a little more overview, Valentine's Day is a pagan festival that encourages physical lust it is celebrated precisely 13 days after the occult holiday of in bulk thus imprinting on it the number 13 satan's number of extreme rebellion all these occult holidays tend to be like either 13 weeks or 13 days you know satan has his obsession with these numbers while most people view this day as a day to honor your wife or your lover this celebration is steeped in paganism consider the camouflaged occult gods in valentine's day cupid which is the son of Venus, is really Tammuz, um, the son of Semiramis, or the sun god. And Tammuz is who's celebrated on Christmas, which is the birth of the, which was always originally known as Saturnalia, which was the birth of the sun god, Tammuz. Now, what the Catholic, um, the Catholic Church did is they came along and they amalgamated the pagan holidays and, quote, Christianized them. And they changed it from the birth date of the sun god Tammuz, which all pagans knew that that was it, to the birth of the son of God, Jesus Christ. It never had anything to do with Jesus Christ, though. Going back way before, way before Jesus was ever here. Okay? So, again, see my teachings on Christmas, and you can key in in the search box. Uh, which means Merry Death of Christ. When you say Merry Christmas, it's Merry Death of Christ. 
I get into that in there. Um, then um, Venus, uh, which was, okay, so Cupid is the son of Venus, is really Tammuz, the son of Semiramis. So Cupid is essentially analogous with Tammuz. Venus, the, the daughter of Jupiter, is really Semiramis herself. Throughout history, all these gods and goddesses, just they're the same ones, they just take on different names for different cultures and different pagan belief systems. It's done over and over and over again throughout antiquity. Okay, Jupiter is the head deity, a sun god. Nimrod, Semiramis, uh, Nimrod, Semiramis's husband, is considered a sun god in the Babylonian mystery religions. Yeah, they're, they're basically the first pagan trinity: Nimrod, Semiramis, and Tammuz. Okay, covered it many, many times. You can key any of those in in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and we've talked about that a ton. Um, listen to a pagan author describe February. A month in which Valentine Day falls. The name of this month comes from the Roman goddess Februra, or Saint Fabrona, which is from the word Febris, the fever of love. Okay, she is the patroness patroness of the passion of love, really lust, really. Her orgasmic, meaning really orgasmic, rites are celebrated on the 14th of February, which is St. Valentine's Day. When in Roman times, young men would draw billets naming their female partners. On the 1st of February is the celebration of the Cross Quarter Day or the fire festival in bulk, which we mentioned earlier, which is a supposed like pagan purification festival. It is followed on the 2nd of February by its Christian counterpart, Candle Mass, which is the purification of the Virgin Mary, which is just another goddess in their pagan deity that they've repackaged. Okay, so we've talked a lot about that. That that quote was from the Pagan Book of Days, Nigel Pennock. So Valentine's Day is a day of orgasmic rites in which the pagans encourage the flow of lustful passions. It's always been that. It was like that before, you know, Jesus was ever even here. So. It's not anything a Christian should have anything to do with, no matter what your justification. The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations were corrupt from the beginning, you as a Christian should have nothing to do with it. And that's why I don't celebrate Christmas or, or any of the other pagan holidays. Because they've always been pagan. And you cannot Christianize. You can't some, take something wicked and evil. Remember, if the foundation be destroyed, well, the foundation of these occult holidays are horrible. What can the righteous do? You can't undo that. If if a, if a, 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 a corrupt fountain isn't going to yield good water, you know, if, if it's something wicked from the beginning, you just can't wave your magic wand and transform it into something wonderful and puritanical and holy and good. There's no Bible for that at all. The Bible warns against, you know, these types of things. Learn not the way of the heathen is what the Bible clearly says. And that's really in regard to a Christmas tree. If you look at that verse, just key it in, King James, go to Blue Letter Bible in the thing, key in uh, way heathen. Just you'll, that'll get it to you. And um, we're not to learn the way of the heathen, okay? We're to have discernment and, you know, um, wisdom, understanding, knowledge is all part of that. And in order to appropriate that, the fear of God is always heavily connected to that in the Bible. These are all things I've taught a lot on in the past. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to the next subject. Okay, so continuing uh, 
and this was dropped in my lap. I wish I would have known about this weeks ago. I it, like the information that was released upon this, and uh, this is probably because the Satanists were trying so hard to hide this, so that there couldn't be any prayer going out regarding it. Because if you're not aware of something going on, you're not going to be praying against it or telling your other Christian friends to pray against it. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, to set and host world record largest satanic conference ever conducted this weekend. This weekend, literally. Uh, this was the last day of the event on the night I'm recording this. Uh, February 10th through the 13th in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Plus, and I, I, this kind of got me going on a whole other, whole other bunch of different things I added in just today on this. And what is an occult invocation? <clears throat> because they're going to talk about that here. And uh, again, this is things where, you know, as Christians, we want to have discernment on, on what is the enemy doing? What are his battle plans? And literally, we can look at their table of, con we can look at the agenda of what they're going into uh, every single day and know what is important to Satan. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool from that standpoint. So, um, there was one of these here. Well, it was that it was that I don't know satanic something day where they were supposedly doing this all over the country, but the main one was supposedly in Raleigh, North Carolina. This was uh, a year or two ago, and I, again, I kind of found out about it last minute, but I immediately um, called my buddy Greg, um, my listener who who goes on prayer walks with me, and I said, "Man, are you up for a road trip?" We got to go. They're literally going to be in the Capitol praying for in Raleigh, North Carolina. I had never even been there, not actually in the city, even though I've been up here for over 10 years. Uh, but they're literally going to be praying or whatever to bring in, I don't know, the New World Order, I think, or something. I don't know. It was bad. It was it was about as overt in your face as you. So uh, we went and met up with a whole bunch of other Christians that kind of turned up for the same reason and the satanists as far as any of them showing up it was a real kind of pathetic joke type of thing i mean it was it was nothing to brag about on their end it really wasn't uh i don't know if it was just a preparatory prayer that was being done that just halted them in their tracks i would tend to believe it was that uh but i mean it was Oh, I mean, give me a break. Is this, you know, and so I think what they try to do is hide these things as long as possible and not let it really have any time for Christians to mobilize. Now, I know some Christians went to this. I think there's a lot of Catholics there. Um, I don't know how many end up showing up. I, I, I haven't seen any progress report. Literally, this is still the, I mean... The, the last day so hopefully maybe something next week will some update from somebody that was there a christian that was there on site um or i would have i would have covered this like at like the last study or at least put out an email alert on it to pray against it uh but the satanic temple believes this event will be the largest satanic conference and has reached out to the guinness book of world records 
for confirmation, as the city is recognized for its contribution to the satanic community and becomes a spiritual hub for those who venerate a literary interpretation of Satan, residents will have Mayor Jim Lane to thank, who is probably also a Satanist. You know, if you've got any particular city that is rolling out the red carpet for Satan Con, which I think is what they're calling this, um, then you gotta believe that at bare minimum, the guy's a very evil person, the mayor, if he's not a Satanist himself. As hundreds of Satanists descend on Scottsdale, residents um, will be able to learn more about our faith, <laughs> faith in Satan, than they would have uh, if the city had just accepted our petition to deliver an invocation. Now, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Noted the SatanCon organizer, Harry Hoofkloppen. It's, it's almost like, is this a joke? Harry Hoofkloppen? Like, you know, Kloppen hoops? Yeah. Like that, yeah, hoof-clopping. Anyway, um, you know, I mean, I would take a guy named Harry Hoof-clopping really seriously. You know, if I were to have any one-to-one -one stuff with him. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I would. Anyway, um, so from now on, when people hear Scottsdale, they will immediately think of Satan. <laughs> I, I know that's what I always thought of when I thought of Scottsdale, Arizona. I mean... But if, if there was ever a doubt in my mind, now, for sure, if I hear about Scottsdale, Arizona, um, I will think of Satan. Yes. Anyway, the record-breaking event runs from the 11th to the 13th of February in celebration of the satanic holiday of Lupercalia. Okay, now... Um, <clears throat> Lupercalia is actually tied in with uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm trying not to give you too much extra here because I already covered this in the in the teaching I posted. But I'll just read you this one paragraph. In the days of the Roman Empire, the month of February was the last and shortest month of the year. Um, February originally had 30 days, but when Julius Caesar named the month of July after himself, he decided to make that month longer and shorten February to 29 days, while making July a month of 31 days. Later, Octavius Caesar, also known as Augustus, came to power. He named the month August after himself, <clears throat> and not to be outdone, he subtracted a day from February as well and gave the month of August 31 days. That's how we have 28 days in February. Maybe something you didn't know. To this very day, it remains that way. The ancient Romans believed that every month had a spirit that gained in strength and reached its peak at the apex power in the middle of the month or the Ides of the month. Remember, they say, beware of the Ides of March. It's like the middle of March, okay? This was usually the 15th day, and it was a day when witches and augurs and soothsayers worked their magic. I'm sure they still do to this day. An augur was a person filled with a spirit of divination. An evil spirit, essentially. And from the word augur, we get the word inaugurate, which means to take omens. Isn't that wonderful? Since February had been robbed by the Caesars and had only 28 days, uh, the Ides of February became the 14th day of that month, uh, which is actually, you know, Valentine's Day. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Since the month was celebrated on the preceding eve <clears throat> the i'm sorry since the ides of a month was celebrated 
on the preceding eve, the month of February was unique because it was the 13th day that became the eve of the Ides of that month, which again, 13 is very important, highly occultic number. And it became a very important pagan holiday in the empire of Rome. That sacred day of February 14th was called Lupercalia or the day of the wolf. This was the day that was uh, sacred to the sexual frenzy of the goddess Juno. Uh, <clears throat> this day was also honored the Roman goddess Lupercus and Faunus, as well <clears throat> as the legendary twin brothers who had supposedly found Rome, Romulus and Remus. These two are said to have been suckled by wolves in a cave on the Palatine Hill in Rome. The cave was called Lupercal and was the center of the celebrating on the eve of Lupercalia on February 14th. On this day, Lupercalia, which was named um, Valentine's Day, the Lup Luperci, or the priests of Lupercus, dressed in goatskins for a bloody ceremony. The priests of Lupercus, the wolf god, would sacrifice goats and a dog and then smear themselves with their blood. I mean, you know, what's not, what's not pagan, you know, about pagan to like about that? I mean, come on. Uh, these priests made red with sacrificial blood would run around the palatine hill in a wild frenzy probably demon possessed of the toenails carving a goatskin thong called a febru feb febru februa sorry uh so again the analogy for february the goatskin thong was called a februa woman would sit around the hill as the bloody priest would strike them with the goatskin thongs to make them fertile. I mean, come on, guys. This this sounds Christian to me. I don't know about you all. Where do I sign up? Come on. This is no. See, you gotta understand. This is Valentine's Day. This is the original meaning and celebration, and the true meaning of what it means to truly celebrate Valentine's Day. So, if you're gonna go, go big. Do do like these pagan priests and do do the whole nine yards, you know. Obviously, I'm just teasing there, but you know, this is the way to actually really celebrate it the right way, though. I use sarcasm to drive points home about these types of things. Uh, the young woman would then gather in the city, and their names were put in boxes. These women's these love notes were called billets. I mentioned that earlier. The men of Rome would draw a billet, and the woman whose name was on it became his sexual lust partner with whom he would fornicate until the next Lupercalia, or February 14th. Now, so that would mean a whole year of fornicating with some stranger woman. I mean, I guess she wouldn't be a stranger by the end of the year, but, you know. I mean, you know. So basically, February 14th became a day of unbridled sexual lust. The color red was sacred to that day because of the blood of the heart shape that is popular to this day. The heart shape was not represent representation of the human heart, which looks nothing like it. The shape represents the human female matrix, or the cervix, um, the um, basically like the uterus, or the opening to the, the chamber of the sacred copulation. That's where that came from. So now you have a little bit better idea of what we're talking about here. I'm going to go ahead and just add this text uh, into the into the part under um, it, it goes way further. I, I went way further into this in um, the audio teaching that I gave you a teaching for. I posted teaching, but I gave you a little more of an overview today on this. Okay, so I just added that text in 
to the PDF for this date of February 14, 2022, which will clarify what Lupercalia, which is actually Valentine's Day, really is, okay? Um, so the record-breaking event, I'm going back to the report about the Scottsdale Satan, Satan event here. The record-breaking event runs from 11 to the 13th February in celebration of the satanic holiday Lupercalia, which we just described to you in great detail what that really is. But if somebody was reading and they say, oh, it's some kind of holiday, I'm sure it's fine. No, it's not. Uh, and features a variety of presentation on the um, Satanist ongoing projects from their efforts at protecting abortion rights. So see, they're really really doing um satan's work there they're protecting abortion rights and um to a new satanic streaming service satan con also features a satanic marketplace open to the public and a spicy late night impurity ball impurity like something's unpure satanic ritual as a currency we're reaching out to scottsdale chamber of commerce and uh can, can you imagine i mean a government a, a local government being so corrupt where they would give have a dialogue with these overt debauched sick twisted devils you know um anyway the satanic temple has over 550,000 members and satanism is, satanism is one of the fastest growing religions the city should exploit their satanic connection as a means to promote business in scottsdale added Hooven, Hooven Kloppen. So here was the satanic conference schedule. I found this out today. It said the conference is sold out. Oh, well, I mean, you know, how many people did you actually have, though? You know, but um, but shoppers are welcome in the marketplace. Okay, so on Friday, and I'm just going to read you the ones I kind of jumped out at me here. Friday, which was a couple days ago on the 11th, uh, at 3.15 p.m., you had the Satanic Temple TV, or how to bootstrap your own Satanic TV network, if you want to do that. And then at 4.30, the history of Satan across cultures. Then at 7, off-site entertainment, we have the impur impurity ball to get your debauchery on, essentially. And uh, I guess Sanzadora LaVey, who I'm, who I'm assuming is some relative of Anton LaVey, the author of the Satanic Bible that debuted on Beltane on May 1st, 1966, who started the Satanic Temple, which is basically where the Eagles song, uh, Welcome to the Hotel California, that black uh, wooden structure in San Francisco, which was the first Satanic Temple in America, he started that, Anton Sanzadora LaVey. Well, this is Sanzadora LaVey. I'm assuming it's some relative of his. Um, I'm assuming it's a woman. She was hosting the Impurity Ball. Then we go to Saturday where things really heat up. You've got your keynote speech, speech uh, writer, Lucian Greaves, who is this buffoon, who is the head of the, I don't know, the Satanists. I've seen them interviewed many, many times. They're the same ones that try to get the, the, the statue of Baphomet with the little kids looking up at him adoringly on all the state capitals and stuff like that. Then at 11.45, we have uh, Devil's Food with the satanic chef, Adam Dodge o Otrofsky. So you can learn to make devil's food. And then at 12 o'clock, we have Unbowed and Unfettered, the Scottsdale Invocation case. Mm, so now they're talking about open, overt witchcraft which is what we're going to actually be moving into with invocations. 
Um, then we have a 2, 2 p.m. public records for Satan using uh, FOIA, which I, I believe FOIA requests to fight satanic panic. <laughs> okay, so then at 2.30, we have um, Darwin versus the Lord of Lies, meaning the God of the Bible. So may God save those at this wicked, evil, sick, twisted Satan con. I pray those that can be saved will be saved. Those that cannot, I pray for his most severe judgment to rain down upon them. Why? That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of God's doing and the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright heart would glory and that great fear would fall upon humanity when they see God's judgment on the wicked and many would be saved as a result of that. The first part I just read you was straight out of Psalm 64. Um, yeah, Darwin. Yeah, Darwin. Just the whole concept of evolution and Darwinism is such a joke and so asinine and so just... Man, I, it's just... I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, then at 315, uh, abortion as a religious right. So in other words, they view abortion as holy ritual child sacrifice that's how they view it they view it as that's their religious right human sacrifice of the most innocent of society and so they're going to do whatever they've got to do to defend it because they know the more abortions that take place the more innocent blood defiles the land the more demons and devils come in and the more the land becomes cursed and they're of their father the devil and of his lust and of his works he will do and he was a murderer from the beginning so they love murder because they're so peaceful and so loving. And I, 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 all these things that they say about themselves. Like, oh, we're so compassionate. Oh, yeah, you're real compassionate to those, those little aborted babies. Yeah, as, as they're hacked up in the womb. I, I just don't have a lot of tolerance for... I mean, talk about calling evil good and good evil. You know, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And this is the quintessential essence of that concept. Then at 345, we have Satanism in BIPOC, which evidently stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. So they got to they gotta play that card too. They got to try to reach out to Black Indigenous People of Color, convert them. <clears throat> and then 430, Pluralism, Religious Liberty, and the Fight for Satanic Representation. Then at 545, we have the sixth invocation of the new creative aeon. So they're trying to invoke, they're trying to bring about, we're going to get into the definition here in a second, a new aeon, which is a new age. Well, what this is obviously an invocation for the new world order. This is an invocation to bring in the Antichrist and the false prophet. This is the invocation to bring us out of the old world order into the new that's what that means now my comment straight from a witchcraft website we read quote invocation can be defined as summoning any deity now these are all evil wicked deities any deity spirit ancestor planetary energy elemental or entity with the intention of communicating with petitioning for manifestation or offering sacrifice and that could mean, obviously, human sacrifice. Magical practitioners may also use invocation to connect them. I mean, they just said right there is uh, abortion is a religious right. Well, what is the sacrifice? Well, you can use that sacrifice. I mean, that's why a lot of the witches and warlocks, not, and 
they'll own abortion clinics. I've gotten into this before, just key in abortion um, in the keyword search box. They use it as a religious right. It's how they practice their religion. Holy ritual child sacrifice is how they refer to it as. There's nothing holy about it. But if you think evil is good and good is evil, well, I guess you would view it that way because you're so demon-possessed to the toenails, you view everything through the opposite lens that God does because you're so far away from God. You actually are looking at things through Satan's eyes because you're so much of your father, the devil. Magical practitioners may also use invocation to connect themselves with a deity as a form of worship. Now that would be like demon possession. That would be like a walk-in almost. You're connecting yourself with one of these devils. And initiation into their mysteries. Now I want to just clarify what invocation actually meant. Then on Sunday, um, at 10.30, the subject is raising children, and that was today, raising children in a satanic household. I'm sure it's like, leave it to Beaver, you know? Uh, then at 11.15, after school Satan Club, evidently how to start one. You've heard of these things, and they're real, they're real. And then at 12 p.m., you have the Satanic Book Club, how to talk about books you haven't read but should. And the person presenting that presentation is called Salem Black, like Salem, Massachusetts, and Black Witchcraft, yeah. And then they have the closing ceremony. Uh, so that was just today, and um, I wish I would have known about it a little bit more ahead of time. I did put this out to like some of the people I knew, uh, but I... I, uh, was, it was last minute type of thing here. Um, <clears throat> now, since we're on the subject, I, I felt like I was kind of led to look into this a little bit more. And I entitled this next part was the satanic prayer for the antichrist to arise. The great invocation straight from Lucius trust. Originally Alice Bailey's Lucifer trust website. The activities of Lucius trust include the worldwide financial support of the arcane school the lucius publishing companies world goodwill triangles lucis trust libraries and lucis productions activities are offered to the public without charge in eight language this is straight from their website what is the definition of arcane because they said this arcane school arcane is something that's known or knowable only to a few people which is what the word basically occult means it's like hidden knowledge gnostic hidden hidden from um the unwashed masses who are not willing in this case to openly embrace the light of lucifer openly they're they're um it's only for the the chosen few occultists who are actually open-minded and progressive enough to actually you know, accept Satan as their Lord and Savior, essentially. So, uh, arcane also means secret arcane rites and arcane rituals. So, this arcane school that Alice Bailey developed in 1923, 1923 is a training school for adult men and women in meditation techniques and the development of spiritual potentiality. Alice Bailey was a high-level Luciferian occultist who channeled... Um, uh, fallen angels and demons and devils through her and wrote gigantic amounts of books. Those books are revered um, by like Lucius Trust, well, which was her organization, World Goodwill, the United Nations, 
uh, Share International, which is Matreya's website. They all use her books as recommended reading material. She was a uh, she was after Madam H. P. Blavatsky, the Luciferian, who got a lot of this stuff started in the late 1800s. Alice Bailey kind of continued her work and channeled a ton of these books. I mean, they're straight from the pit of hell. We're talking straight from the mouth of Lucifer, Satan, to you. And that's what the highest echelons of the world government use as their recommended reading material. Now, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of my teachings that I've already done on this. You can key in Alice Bailey or World Goodwill or Lucis or Maitreya in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And I probably keep you busy for weeks and weeks and weeks if you just listen to those teachings. I don't, re I don't cover this over and over because it's so redundant, but I'm going to kind of hit on it again today because, you know, you never know when this is actually going to really uh, come out and to, to, to the surface here, and it's going to be a real thing that we're actually facing. It's just a matter of time, the way I look at it. Um, Lucis Trust is on the roster of the United Nations Economic and Social Council. Lucis Trust is actually in the United Nations Plaza. Okay, this is, again, Lucis Trust was started by Alice Bailey in 1923 and was originally called Lucifer Trust. They, they changed it and shortened it to Lucis in order to make it more like, oh, well, that's not Lucifer, it's just Lucis. Who's that? It's just an acronym for Lucifer. Okay, so um, it's in, Lucis Trust is 866 United Nations Plaza, Suite 482, New York, New York, 0017 USA. So, the um, remember, the start of this, I wrote the title for this part, this section, The Satanic Prayer for the Antichrist to Arise, The Great Invocation, straight from Lucis Trust, okay? Um, now, what is this great invocation? Now, this, remember, we just talked about an invocation, okay? So, what is... Let me just say that again. An invocation can be defined. This is straight from a witchcraft site. Invocation can be defined as summoning any deity, spirit, ancestor, planetary energy, elemental, or entity. And these are all wicked and evil. Okay, With the intention of communicating. Remember, the Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen. This is what the, how the heathens pray. We don't, we don't pray to invoke demonic spirits to do our bidding. Okay? Or fallen angels or whatever. They do. This is how they practice their religion. And they're very serious about it. Uh, with the intention of communicating with petitioning or manifesting or offering sacrifice, magical practitioners may also use invocation to connect themselves with a deity as a form of worship and initiation into their mysteries. Now, one thing, too, that they're not telling you, they're kind of hinting at it a little bit, but if, you, if you're using the process of invocation, you are openly inviting devils and demons to infest you okay you don't see them coming into you but you are doing that and this is why satan wants you to open the door it's like if a vampire comes to the door they always say you got to invite him in well by participating in something like the great invocation especially the more you pray to the more demons and devils come in the more deluded demonically deluded you become to the point where evil's good and good is evil finally and you're totally taken over so here is the great invocation. I'm just going to read it to you. I'm not praying it. I'm not invoking it. I'm just going to read you 
what it says from and and you you'll see the flowery flowery speech and oh it sounds so wonderful and how how could that offend anybody well satan's very good at what he does he's the most subtle beast of the field and he knows how to you know get you to participate in things that um are going to defile you it says um i'll just kind of give you the cliff note version from the point of light with the mind of god it's not the god of the bible okay let light stream forth into the minds of men let light descend on earth <laughs> whatever remember satan was known originally as lucifer lucifer is the light bearer the shining one okay so this is the light they're talking about here uh from the point of love within the heart of god and, and their god is satan let love stream forth in the hearts of men again it sounds real flowery and wonderful then it says in the sixth line may christ return to earth <laughs> with a capital c so you're thinking well it really is christian because um it's jesus christ they're talking no 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 no, the Christ they're in reference to here, and they and they overtly admit this is not. Yeah, he's one. They say their version of Jesus Christ, who they call Master Jesus, who is also known as Esau, Sananda Emmanuel. It's the ascended Master version that we'll kind of hint on a little bit later. That's one of the ascended Masters coming back. That's not this Christ though that they're in reference to. See, you've got to, you've got to know the deeper meanings of what they're. Of what they're saying here they're hoping that you don't know if you're a christian because they want christians to pray this they've they even say that they want christians to pray this of course they would then um from the center where the will of god is known let purpose guide the little wills of men whatever that means the purpose of which the masters know and serve the masters capital m now these are the ascended masters that you've heard me so much talk about in the past you have to understand this prayer here is going on all the time all over the world in the highest echelons of world government are encouraging you to pray and have been for many many decades so it must be pretty important to satan you know i i, I wonder if this is the invocation prayer they made regarding that i would love to hear that prayer that they prayed in that one seminar at the satan con thing um uh i'm just gonna skip ahead a little bit uh, may let the plan of love and light you hear a lot of that in like yoga and new age oh love and light and namaste or whatever you know and may it seal the door where evil dwells well that just proves this is good no it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't is there any mention of the lord jesus christ and and actually his glorification and that he is the only way whereby man must be saved no there's none of that no this is a very non-offensive prayer for most people to read uh let love light and love in power restore the plan on earth now that was where it ends so right below the prayer this is straight out of from loose Lucis trust website i just got it today it says right directly under the prayer first line with an asterisk many religions believe in a world teacher a quote coming one this is the antichrist guys most likely 
knowing him under many such names as, who's the first one they list? Lord Maitreya. The one I've talked about so many, done so many teachings on. None of that has changed, guys. I got, I got a lot of opposition from that when I first did those teachings initially back in like, you know, 06, 07, 08. I don't get as many people, you know, saying there's no way that could be. Listen, I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. I'm not saying that, but he's going to have some part to play. I mean, are they setting all this up from a Luciferian standpoint? We know the end time is going to happen. We know the book of Revelation is going to happen. We know Daniel is going to happen. We know 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is going to happen. We know Matthew 24 is going to happen and a whole bunch of other places where it talks about the end times. We know the Antichrist and false prophet are going to come and they're going to deceive the whole world through lying signs, miracles, and wonders. We know all that's coming. We don't know exactly the 100% specifics, though, of how it's going to play out. And I think they're telling us what they're expecting. Satan knows the Bible, too. And so do a lot of the occultists. Many religions believe in a world teacher, a coming one, knowing him under such names as Lord Maitreya. First one they list. Now, um, Maitreya claims to be like kind of everything wrapped up in one. Like, everything. He's like the, the Christ to the Christians. Now, that would be the Christ they're in reference to. This is what he says on his own UN-sponsored website, Share International. I'm going to give you a little bit of that, too. He is the Messiah to the Jews. They're awaited Messiah. Um, and they were, you know, they were praying for their Messiah to come. Their Messiah already came. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ was here. Okay. But blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. The Bible is very clear on that. And but one third of Israel will be saved, it says in Zechariah uh, 12 and 13, around those areas. One third, when they are tried as silver is tried in the furnace of earth, they're purified, and then their eyes are going to be open, and they're going to look upon whom the one they have pierced, Jesus Christ, and mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son. That's what the Bible says. So God's not done with the Jews, okay? He's not. And the Bible's very clear on that in Romans as well. So I've gotten into that many, many, many times. Um, now, so these terms are sometimes used in, and I'm going back to straight from Lucis Trust. These terms are used in versions of the Great Invocation for people of specific faiths. They also mention Imam Mahdi and Kalaki Avatar. And, but the first one they mention is Lord Maitreya. The rending of the seven ancient forms into modern language was the supreme achievement of Alice A. Bailey. Now, this is what Lucis website's saying. The supreme achievement of Alice A. Bailey, who we talked about earlier, and the Tibetan Dijual Kul, who I always thought he sounded like this really cool, like, um, Arabic rapper, you know, that wore, like, parachute pants in the 80s and kind of like in the Michael Jackson genre and he would kind of do break dancing and stuff and spin around on his head. I don't know. He always, I always thought he had a cool name, Dijual Cool. And um, Alice Bailey and the Tibetan Dijual Cool were the ones that worked. I think she channeled a lot of the Dijual Cool into these books. Okay. That are the recommended reading if you go to Share International, World Goodwill, Lucis Trust, United Nations, this is what they recommend you read to get up to speed on what is coming and have for decades. It hasn't changed. Nothing's different. I've been 
talking about this for over 15 years. We're really, really over 20. Um, because I was, I had an email list. I think actually going back into the, into the late nineties, I had an email list that I was going. So I don't even really know when I started putting out emails on this stuff. It's, it's been a long time. It's, it's probably at least 20 years, if not more. Um, and anyway, so the supreme achievement of Alice A. Bailey in the Tibetan Dijual Kool, 30 years of work together. Um, isn't that wonderful? And for over, and he's supposedly this Dijual Kool is one of these ascended master dudes that I think would channel through her or maybe appear to her or whatever. And she would write down whatever he said and that got into these books. Um, and for over 70 years, the great invocation that we just read has been sounded throughout the world and translated into 70 languages and dialects. Why? Because it's mass witchcraft. An invocation is a witchcraft prayer. Okay, so what they want, they want masses of people inviting Satan to come in and set up shop here on planet Earth to take us from the old world order into the new world order. And see, the more you invoke him through this mass witchcraft prayer, the thinner that veil gets where he can actually finally come through. And this is why it's crucial to get as many people doing and saying this prayer as possible and also committing as much sin as possible and and CERN spinning up their things and opening doorways and portals and just all kind of things I think enable that. But I think this is one of the big ones. It seems to be very important for the Luciferian minions for everybody praying this prayer. I've talked about this prayer over and over, you know, good 15 years at least. So it's not something that just this happened last week. It's been literally since what, 1923 or whenever Alice Bailey finally released this. Um, let's see here. As uh, as the result of worldwide use over the years, the energies invoked by the great invocation can now be said to be deeply anchored in human consciousness. Okay. Uh, then it goes on to say, the beauty and the strength of this invocation lie in its simplicity and in its expression of certain truths. The truth of the existence of a basic intelligence to whom we vaguely give the name of God. What? Uh, basic intelligence? No, I know the God I serve. I've got the word of God to tell me. who the, I have the Holy Spirit living inside me. You know what I mean? I don't have to say the existence of some basic intelligence whom we vaguely give. If you're unsaved, I get it. And if you're even worst case scenario, demon possessed of the toenails, I get it, but not as a Christian. Then it goes on to say the truth that behind all outer seeming and motivating power of the universe is love. Oh, there we go again. Oh, isn't that but like the new age? Oh, love and light, love and light. The whole nine yards, go hug a tree, namaste, whatever. The truth is that a, I mean, I, I, Grew up steeped in New Age, guys. My mom was heavily involved in yoga. She got her friend heavily involved in it to the point where she opened up her own yoga studio and went all over the world and, and to all these different really, really high-level yoga practitioners and, like, set under their tutelage. Still has a yoga studio. Well, no, I think she sold it. She got, you know, she's older, but... Sweet lady. Lovely. Um, Pray for her to get saved. I mean, God bless her, but just so beyond deceived and my mom got her was the one that got her down that road 
My mom was like heavily involved in New Age. I mean, it was pretty, pretty some overt, weird stuff going on in my house. You know? Not really occult rituals, but I'm sure there was a lot of things in our house that attract the devils and demons. And I've got into that in other broadcasts that I did as I was growing up. Um, so let's see here. Uh, do, do, do. the truth of the existence of a basic and okay, okay. Um, okay. Let me just read this again. The truth that behind all outer seeming, the motivating power of the universe is love. The truth that a great individuality called by Christians, the Christ. Why are they so, why does it always seem when I read occultic stuff, about bringing us from the old world order into the new world order and like the, at the highest levels, the UN, Lucius Trust, Maitreya, they always seem preoccupied on getting the Christians to be on the same page as them. Because that's the only really religion that Satan has to worry about. He's got all the rest. He's got all the rest. So you'll see this over and over, which just kind of shows you that you're on the right team. Uh, called by Christians, the Christ. No, Maitreya is not my Christ. Okay. <laughs> Now, I've done dedicated teachings on this Master Jesus, just kidding, Master Jesus or Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel, whatever you want to count, Master Jesus is a lot easier. I've, I've done whole dedicated teachings on that so you know what to expect in the past. So, all for free on the website. PDFs are typically always connected to them. Everything is for free, okay? I don't, the, the whole thought of me, whatever putting out videos or writing books i'm like we don't have enough time for i, I don't care about the the money anyway i mean I, i'm grateful i am i truly am I, i'm grateful for all the donations but i'm not it's like it, it's not what drives me you know and it shouldn't be what drives any christian you know let's look at the bigger picture here i am super grateful for my listeners and the donations that have come in and kept us in the game but man i mean i see so many other people and it's like they're just go up their websites and it's like a three ring circus <laughs> selling this and this and this and buy this and buy that and here's my newest book and here's here's my newest dvd you gotta buy it are you gonna i mean what's gonna happen are we all gonna go straight to hellfire if we don't buy your your book or we're gonna just be totally deluded in the end times because we don't have your book see that's why this ministry exists i'm trying to give you as much as i can and not charge you and give it to you for free so you don't have to buy it you know I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't think that's something that's like rationing the bullets or whatever in a war. Um, and I don't mean that in a sanctimonious way, like I'm so much better. It's just, man, it, it's, there's so much commercialism commingled with so many ministries. Not all, but man, oh, some are, wow. Um, anyway, uh, then it goes on to say, deeper meaning of the great invocation. And this is, again, right straight from the website. And it says... The great invocation, if given widespread distrib distribution, can be to the new world religion, which is what they want, what the Lord's prayer has been to Christianity. <laughs> See how it's always these parallels? Why wouldn't they say what, like, I don't know, what Buddhists said to the Buddhists or Krishna said to the Hindus or whatever? It's never that. If they're going to reference a religion, they're going to reference Christianity. So, in other words, this is like to them... They're basically wanting a Christian to look at this like an upgraded version of Christianity. Because, see, they're expecting the Christ. And we're going to invoke him into this plane of existence through our invocation prayer. 
Now, he ain't the same Christ of the Bible, but you'll find that out later. <laughs> we'll, we'll spring that on you down the road. <laughs> you'll learn. Because when Master Jesus comes back, he's going to look just like all those pictures. And all that we got that originally from the Catholic churches, mostly. And um, they're hanging up in all these churches and in all these people's houses. You got a picture of Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel. You got a picture of an ascended master in your house or in your wallet or wherever. If you got any of that stuff in your house or in your wallet or in your possession, burn it. Burn it. It's idolatry. The Godhead is not like graven art anyway. The Bible talks about that. The Godhead is not like things graven in gold and silver or pictures. We're not to, there's no Bible for, for any of the apostles or anybody carrying around pictures of some deity that they worship, that they think is Jesus or that they think is this or that. There isn't the Catholic idolatrous devil religion. Catholics do that all day long. It's idolatry. That's why they took the second commandment about idolatry out of the Catholic Ten Commandments and split like it was either the ninth or tenth and two. So they still have Ten Commandments. The one about idolatry is not in there anymore. Because they bow themselves down to graven images all the time. That's how they practice their devil death cult. And I pray to God they get saved, but I'm just saying it's paganism. So we're not supposed to have pictures of, even if it did look like Jesus, I don't think, he, he, there was no commandments, anything like that given. I don't see any Bible for wearing crosses either. The cross was a, 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 a horrible, horrible symbol what it represented i mean the bible alludes to that and i don't mean the bearing the cross of christ i mean how they would crucify people okay that existed long before jesus was ever here and it was a horrible way to die horrible i did a whole teaching on that the uh the cross of christ uh versus the um um i don't know just getting cross you'll find it You'll find it. I mean, I just, I'm contrasting the two. I'm like, okay, uh, nobody's ever refuted it. I'm just saying, I mean, do as the Spirit, Lord leads you. Just make sure it's God leading you. I mean, that's another thing. I, 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 it stopped me this week, you know. I've heard this so many times, this, this lady, and she's like, well, she's just harping on me about this one issue. And I'm like, I'm like, why are you so obsessed with this one issue? was on, I think, the smallpox thing. Now, I've done whole teachings on smallpox. I've got a whole protocol for smallpox. I feel really good. I'm not saying they're not going to release it. That could be absolutely 100% in the game, in, in the works. And But she's like, but the Holy Spirit prompted me to what, and I, I, when I start hearing that over, especially over and over from anyone, I start getting really apprehensive about that person, typically. Because it's almost like, how dare you question me? I have a direct line to God, and everything I hear is the gospel truth. So if you go against me or buck me in any way, you're basically of the devil. You're not hearing from God. I'm the one hearing from God. Because I have this audible voice, or whatever they're getting, all the time. I don't see a lot of Bible for that. I see leadings and promptings of the Holy Spirit. I don't see where even the apostles had some audible voice in their head constantly telling them what to do. I understand. I think they were absolutely led of the Lord. Okay. But when I, when I get that response from somebody, I've got it a lot over the years, and, I, and I'm not being mean or anything, but it typically comes from women that are in the Pentecostal movement. Okay. I have dealt with a lot of women in the Pentecostal movement. 
and it guys too but mostly women are the ones that do it that that really try to shove it down your throat i, I just dealt with it again this week and it's like wow okay he can't tell them anything you cannot bible verses don't move them they're totally unmoved by it i gave this woman so much scripture because i was trying to tell him this is from hal turner i'm like do you realize Hal Turner's wrong most of the time? Or at least 50%. You realize he has went off the mind. I gave her all these Bible verses. She was 100% unmoved by any Bible verse I gave her. All that mattered to her was that she supposedly heard from the Holy Spirit and that overrode everything. And that's a scary place to be. Because God is not the author of confusion, and he, if he's telling you something, it's not going to contradict the word of God. And Hal Turner is, uh, the Bible says an, uh, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And Hal Turner is a very double-minded man. He's some kind of weird pseudo-Catholic at best. I've read enough of the stuff he's put out. Sometimes he nails it. I have used his reports when I could verify them. But you glean from a guy like that, you, and you verify first. You get confirmation first. You don't just go off and uh, people that love to just run off half cocked and just spew out the first thing. That, I mean, and that yet they say they're hearing from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm a little leery. The Bible says test the spirits and, you know, kind of look at the fruit of the person and stuff. And I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I've just run up against that so much in, I don't know, 25, almost 30 years of being a Christian. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see here. So I'll read that last line again. The great invocation, if given widespread distribution, can be to the New World Order religion what the Lord's Prayer has been to Christianity and the 23rd Psalm has been to spiritually minded Jew. There are three approaches to this great prayer or invocation. One, that of the general public. Two, to the esotericists, meaning the pe people that are in the esoteric occult arts, or the aspirants or the disciples of the world, whatever that means. And then three, the members of the hierarchy. And I believe that's the, that might be the ascended masters, or it's the very, very highest echelons of the occult world. Okay. And it goes on to say, first, that the first point they talked about, the general public. First, the general public will regard it as a prayer to God transcendent. They will not recognize him yet as imminent in his creation. Meaning, you don't even, what they're basically saying there is that you don't, we're hoping that you pray this prayer, especially general public or even better, a Christian. You, but you're not going to recognize the God. You, you're not going to understand that you're praying to Lucifer that you're praying to bring in the Antichrist. They even say you're not going to regard it as a prayer to the God transcendent, me meaning the God you think is the God of the Bible, if you're a Christian at least. They will not recognize him as yet imminent in his creation. <laughs> They're hoping you're deluded and deceived, essentially. Um, they will send it forth on the wings of hope, hope for light and love and peace. Oh, a hallmark. I feel a hallmark moment brewing. I really do. I, I sense a group hug. I, I, I do. Anyway, for which they ceaselessly long. Hmm. Isn't that wonderful? So anyway, I give you a link to that website, lucistrust.org. 
And then I'm going to give you the links to just some of the stuff. This was a teaching I did on Alice Bailey, the UN, Lucius Trust, World Goodwill, Earth Charter, and Maitreya on 11.30 of 14. This is part two. I'm just going to read you the table of contents. Now, not all of these are in regard to that, but I thought there were some cool titles here. Harper Collins and the Duck Commander, uh, like the Duck Dynasty dudes, a New King James Version of the Bible, Duck Dynasty Warning, okay? So, publishers of the NIV also published the Satanic Bible. Just so you know, Harper Collins also publishes the Satanic Bible, and they publish the NIV, and they probably publish other Bibles, so there might be a little problem there. Anyway, the New King James Version, or the NKJV, which has the triquetra symbol, which is the triple Wiccan goddess symbol on its covers, or at least it used to, okay, that's what that stands for. Triple wicked Wiccan like witchcraft goddess, NKJV, and the Lucis Trust ready for the One World Church under Antichrist. So now you'll see how the New King James Bible is related to Lucis Trust and bringing in the New World Order. Hmm. Then the next one is Lucis Trust, Alice Bailey, World Goodwill, and the False Light of the World. Uh, then I got listener feedback regarding the feminine God, Mother Divinity, and unholy Trinity, and that would be the triquetra symbol that you'll see not only on the new king james bible but you'll see it on the uh adorning many churches now i've seen it in stained glass i've drove by churches and just well, i'm like wow you really did your homework pastor maybe you did probably because you're you're a closet satanist or a cultist and you know exactly what that symbol means then the shekinah glory cult shekinah prevalent among different apostate sects of christianity and judaism shekinah is you know what the Shekinah means? That is the doctrine that the Holy Spirit is female. That's the Shekinah glory that they talk about in the Pentecostal circles. Now, they don't, most of them don't know that, but it doesn't matter. They don't know. Satan's hoping that you're ignorant of his devices so he can get an advantage of you. And that's why the Bible says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of you. And that you can be destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. It's just like they, how they want the Christians to be ignorant of the, of the great invocation. You know, you're still bringing a curse on yourself. <laughs> you're still inviting the Antichrist in. Satan don't care if, if, you're, if you're fully aware of it or if you're deceived about it, as long as you're praying it. Um, and then the last point for that teaching was the assumption of the Virgin Mary exposed. One of my more lighthearted teachings, I can tell. Uh, I gotta step it up a notch. I really do. I'm 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 slacking horribly. Uh, then another teaching that I did, and it's the UN Lucius Trust. Just put a space here. The UN Lucius Trust, World Goodwill, Earth Charter, and Maitreya, Part One, Two, and Three. So if you want a general education on a much more depth level on what I just covered, there's your teachings right here. I'm gonna read you the table of contents though, or the description of these teachings. The Lucius Trust is a publishing house which, which prints and disseminates United Nations material. It's Like I said, it's located in the United Nations building in New York City. It is a devastating indictment of the New Age and the pagan nature of the UN. Lucius Trust was established in 1922 as Lucifer Trust by Alice Bailey and the publishing company to disseminate as the publishing company to disseminate the books of Bailey and Madame Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society. 
The title page of Alice Bailey's book, which is entitled Initiation, Human and Solar, was originally printed in 1922 and clearly shows the publishing house as Lucifer Publishing, um, C-O-L-N, 1923. Bailey changed the name to Lucius Trust, L-U-C-I-S, because Lucifer Trust revealed the true nature of the New Age movement to two too many too clearly at one time lucis trust office in new york city was located at 666 united nations plaza how appropriate and was it and as a member i guess they changed it so it wasn't so overt okay as well and as a member of the economic and social council of the united nations under a slick program called world goodwill okay it's always under these flowery terms and love and light and don't buy any of it for a minute it's the broad way which leadeth to destruction. To this end, Lucius Trust started World Goodwill, an official non-governmental organization within the United Nations as well. Which, again, the United Nations is the coming backbone and essence of the, of the New World Order and the One World Religion and the One World Government, the One World Economic System. It's what their goal is. United Nations, okay? Everybody... One world government. Uh, the stated aim of this group is, quote, to cooperate in the world of preparation for the reappearance of the Christ. Maitreya, whoever you want to view as the coming antichrist. Okay. That's their stated aim of world goodwill. Quote, to cooperate in the world of... In the world of preparation for the reappearance of Christ. Reappearance. I, I guess they think that, oh, you know, the Jesus, well, that's what they'll say. They'll say, oh, the Jesus that appeared the first time, he was actually Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel, Master Jesus. And <laughs> that was actually Maitreya, though, overshadowing him. They give Maitreya the credit. I, it's long and convoluted and garbage and satanic lies, but yeah. That's how they're going to say it's a reappearance. We got it wrong. We misidentified him the first time around. That was actually Maitreya. Uh, that's what they say in their literature. I'm telling you. I've covered it before. They go on to say, quote, Today, the reappearance of the world teacher, the Christ, is expected by millions. Not only by those of Christian faith, but the, by those of every faith who accept the avatar under other names. Lord, like Lord Maitreya. Krishna, Messiah, Imam Mahdi to the to the Muslims, and um, Bodhisattva. Um, we will also be talking, taking an extensive look at the UN Meditation Room and the Earth Charter and the Blasphemous Ark of Hope. So while we're on the subject, I just tooled over to Share International today. Matreya's official website has been for decades. And I entitled this part Devil Betraya, because that's what I like to call him. He calls himself Lord Betraya. I call him Devil Betraya. His website, the UN-sponsored Share International, still running strong and pumping out the lies after all these years. And I posted their logo here. It says Share International, and then it says right below it, in the midst of war, fear, and famine. Isn't that what we're kind of like in right now? Moving more into war, fear, and famine. Isn't that what Jesus Christ warned about in Matthew 24? wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilences well share international says in the midst of war fear and famine new hope is in the world for us all 
that new hope for them is Matreya, the appearance of Matreya. Okay. So whether he's the Antichrist or not, that's who the United Nations and World Goodwill and Lucis Trust and all these high-level one-world governmental organizations have been pointing to for many decades as the one they're waiting for. I'm not going to be dogmatic and say he's the Antichrist, but I think he's going to play some part in things. I'm just reading it right off the website, right off shareinternational.org. It says, now, uh, many now expect the return of their awaited teacher, whether they call him the Christ, the Messiah, the fifth Buddha, Krishna, or Imam Mahdi. Millions now know that the one who fulfills all these expectations is Maitreya. The world teacher is already living among us and is gradually emerging into full public recognition. Maitreya is the teacher for all humanity, those of all spiritual traditions and those who follow no particular faith, so come one, come all, we're as lukewarm as we can possibly be. He does not come as a religious leader, but as an educator in the broadest sense. Hmm. Maitreya has not come alone, but with a group of wise men, the masters of wisdom. These are the ascended masters that are going to show up with him, probably along with a gigantic UFO invasion. Or a UFO, maybe even not invasion, but maybe show of force. Because they're going to say, we rule these UFOs and, you know, we're their leaders. And <laughs> we're not trying to intimidate you or anything, but, you know, we got a little bit of game over here. And we got, we're pretty powerful, as you can see. And we're actually your creators, just so you know. You're our little science project that we kind of seeded the earth with billions of years ago. And you've messed things up so bad that we finally got to come back and straighten everything out. That's what they're going to tell us. And that's what I've been saying for a long time. That's what they say they're going to do. Okay, so if you and if you go and key an ancient astronaut, you'll get you'll understand. I've done teachings on this where these ascended masters say that there are creators, and you got like the show Prometheus that gives you that angle, and a lot of other sci-fi shows that mission to mars ending scene you want to know something about how they say they created us and it's it's a combination of seeding the earth with humanity in a combination of darwinism and all this other garbage just like one big satanic soup of lies you know so um anyway yeah so matreya's not come alone but with a group of wise men the masters of wisdom these are the ascended masters who have long worked from behind the scenes as the inspired and i believe one of those ascended masters was dijual cool that we talked about earlier. Um, we actually did join Cool in the Gang, the band from the 80s, uh, back in the day, but th they had some, I don't know, some uh, like trademark issues and a little bit of, yeah, they, they couldn't agree on the tour dates and stuff like that, so he wasn't part of their their group for that long. But you got Dejoal Cool, sorry, a little sarcasm there. Uh, you got Sanat Kumara. Uh, you've got um lord ashtar oh i've went over all these dudes before um they're 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 like they're going to appear as angels of light and the bible says if satan can transform himself into an angel of light then it's no marvel that his ministers satan's ministers can also transform themselves as ministers of righteousness they're basically a lot of them look like what the um people that have had um alien encounters describe as the nordics Blonde hair, blue eye, not all of them, but blonde hair, blue eyed, uh, just perfect in their visage, flawless in the way they look, um, 
stunning, usually very tall. Um, uh, their complexions are, you know, perfect. You know, the, the whole nine yards. And how you would expect, like, oh, wow, it's a god, you know, how that might look, maybe. I don't know. But that, that's what they how they typically present themselves, okay? Um and and Master Jesus is one of these ascended masters, and he's the he's the you know the um he's got the long flowing hair and and, and the the piercing blue eyes. And he's really really good looking. Just key in key in my my study on Master Jesus. Uh, if you really want to know about that whole subject, because it's there's a lot to it. Um. Anyway, uh, they're returning to. The everyday world to help us solve our most critical, oh yeah, I'm sure they care, most critical global problems, yeah. As long as you bow down and worship them and do over what they say, yeah, that's true. And this is what I'm saying, I don't know, like, this thing about COVID-19 and how the agenda seems to be, you know, imploding, and are they going to use that, like, they that, that letter I read you regarding New Zealand, are they going to use that to tear down the old world order? I don't know. I don't know. But if you're overtly looking around and you see all these overtly wicked governments with like Trudeau and Macron and Biden and all the Xi Jinping and you look at all these overtly wicked evil leaders and the world's kind of like waking up to this, okay? How overtly wicked and evil. And then what if somebody like these ascended masters come along and they're working with people that like a lot of the people trust you know, like, um, I don't know. I, I, I did think for a while Trump was going to be one of the main ones, but I think he kind of um, hurt his chances because he still stayed on the whole vaccine thing. His, he hurt his chances to work with the Ascended Masters, I guess. I don't know. That, that I don't know. He might. Who knows? I don't know how it's going to all play out, but I do see that. And then this whole Nasera Gacera, how that, and that's highly linked with this concept with the Sarah with the ascended masters it's always been ever since i've known about it for 20 plus years how it's all going to play out i don't know but i at least want to give my listeners a heads up so they're aware of these things um matray and the masters will show us that the only way to bring about peace is to create justice oh doesn't that sound nice and flowery uh, and the only way to establish justice is to share the resources of the world equitably among all humanity, according, it sounds like socialism on a mass scale, like you, whatever you have to, you know, give it for the greater good and this type of, uh, whenever that dynamic takes place, it's always hellish, always hellish. Um, but that sounds like what they're going to be bringing is mass, mass some uh socialism luciferian socialism communism on a world worldwide global scale where as they say you will own nothing and like it type of thing uh now for my teachings on matreya I, I posted a link here that you can click on or you can just key in matreya in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com it's m-a-i-t-r-e-y-a and um always think matreya will betray you okay that's how i remember it so then we have this little gem, which also factors into the subject. It's entitled Murdered, Murdered Government Whistleblower Warned in 1995 About Global Depopulation Using Engineered Bioweapons, followed by a planetary scale extermination of the human race. 
Former government geological expert and deep underground military base engineer Phil Schneider was murdered, executed after going public in 1995 with shocking details of what he knew. Now, I remember watching these videos way, way, way back in the day and thinking, I really believe this guy and I think he's right on the money and now I believe him more than ever. Okay, the problem with Phil is he was not a Christian. And um, so he was not looking at things through a biblical lens. He was looking through a, it, from an unsaved lens of just what he saw and observed. But I, I think the information that he was putting out was right on the money. According to Schneider, a vast network of 133 ground, underground military bases had already been constructed by 1995. They were connected by levitation trains that traveled through underground tunnel systems, and you know, still do, that span the entire continental United States, traveling at speeds of up to Mach 2. Some of Phil's lectures can be found on brighteon.com um, here at this uh, website here. Let's see here. And um, I'll give you a link there. While Schneider is known in some circles for his work on the DUMS, which are the deep underground military bases, and I've done a whole bunch of teachings on them as well, he also talked openly about 11 extraterrestrial species that routinely interacted with governments of the world. Now, he said that nine of them were evil and two were good. Again, Phil, they're all evil, okay? It's good cop, bad cop. It's classic, okay? Um, it's Republican, Democrat. It is the whole nine yards. It's They control both sides of the narrative. The supposed good ones are not good, Phil, you know, they're, they're not. And unfortunately, Phil's not with us anymore. But um, uh, he, uh, he was assassinated. And um, that's a whole other thing I, I just don't have time to get into today. But um, so it goes on to say many of the technologies that humans supposedly developed over the years were actually technology transfers from these extraterrestrials. Okay. Even though... Um, these are basically like Satan's emissaries, okay? These, just like the days of Noah, when these Nephilim hybrid creatures walk the earth, okay? That the fallen angels had created. I believe that's what these things are, okay? Uh, to a certain extent, at least. Now, the, where they're saying that, you know, there was this technological explosion once we started making deals with these devils. And... From all the timelines I've seen, that is exactly what happened. When we actually started entering into agreements and treaties with these things, the first one I believe was called the Grieta Treaty that um, that Eisenhower entered into. Anyway, I did a whole teaching on that, and I give you the links to that. And it's called Exposing the Strong Delusion, ETs, Aliens, UFOs, Nephilim, the Grieta Treaty, Part one, Part 1 through 6, okay? That was when we actually started entering into agreements with these things and in, a, in exchange for letting these supposed aliens experiment on a certain percentage of our population. It's almost like they really couldn't do that unless they had, they had you know, permission from our illustrious president to do it, kind of opening the door to, to the vampire, opening the door to Satan, saying, yeah, you can do it and as long as you give us the goodies. And if you look at these people that are in, are involved in the disclosure, like Stephen Greer and so many of these other guys that I've seen speak before, they're unsaved, they're godless, they're new age, and they're all so greedy for the tech that they think they're going to get from these aliens when we have finally have disclosure. 
of the aliens and how they walk among us and how they're really a lot of them are really good guys and 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 but the wicked evil cabals are not allowing the alien tech to come in because then we'd have free energy and we'd have med beds and we'd have all this other stuff i've talked a lot about lately it's a real double-edged sword i mean it's it, it these guys are so deceived and deluded and they're always talking about the goodies they're gonna get well my my comment was these um deals that we made with these extraterrestrial devils or whatever where we had all of a sudden the explosion of like we had things called transistors and we had then the advent of computers and where that's taken us and all these advancements that have taken place in a very i mean you, you look at the timeline of like the beginning of man until like you know the 19 what 40s or whatever when these these treaties started to be entered into and i mean yeah we'd advanced but we had like this exponential explosion all of a sudden and that's right when we started entering into these treaties um my comment is multiple deals with the devil to get more goodies see my teachings on the creator treaty below and i give you the link there schneider explains or schneider schneider uh phil schneider um says that we have previously covered how the transistor uh, which gave rise to the entire field of electronics and internet surveillance that has enslaved humanity suddenly appeared out of nowhere in the late 1940s in Bell Labs and had no traceable lineage of development. That's probably because we got the tech from these fallen angelic type demonic entities. Okay. We've captured some of Schneider's most stunning statements from 1995. Uh, now, this is right after I got saved. Okay, I got saved at the start of 94. But I, yeah, you have to understand, I got saved by reading the book In Route to Global Occupation by Gary Kaw, which talked about the United Nations and the One World Government and the Freemasons and a lot of the, some of the stuff we covered today, not really Ascended Masters. But I was, that was like my foundation of being led to the Lord. So I was already like really interested in this stuff. So I knew about this stuff, you know, in the 90s. And, and I started just researching and researching and, and trying to find out as much as I could. So I've been aware of Phil Schneider for a long, long time. Here's some of the things that he said in 1995. This is from his speech. Do I tie in the alien agenda with the New World Order? Okay, which is what we were just talking about, the alien agenda, essentially. Yes, sir, 100%. This is Phil Schneider, unsaved guy in 1995, who worked in, like, um he worked on the construction of the dulce uh underground base um which is where he got in this firefight and got his half his hand fried off and he got the hand to prove it in the lectures just see it it's pretty pretty mangled um he says yes 100 alien agenda uh is tied in with the new world order the new world order right now is basically dismantling countries isn't that what we're seeing now just like countries kind of collapsing and they're trying to you know um they're, they're trying to you know uh, especially with america flood the countries with illegal aliens they're trying to take away any um devotion you would have any patriotism you would have to your own country they're trying to uh just destroy the countries and the people within them and the family structure every single way that they can
you you want to dismantle a country dismantle its family to dismantle the core system of the family and that's what they're do they're trying to do and they've been he goes on to say they're taking their orders directly from the aliens who have their own timetable now when he says aliens i would say um satan's minions who are posing as aliens um these nephilim like creatures this byproduct of satan this is exactly what jesus christ predicted when he says as it was in the days of noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man it's just a little bit different way satan's going about things now he goes on to say they want the one world order because they want the planet for themselves well they also want to kill steal and destroy um you've heard the term global 2000 and that's a sinister plot to produce a biological weaponry to reduce or thin out uh the so-called ethnic or so-called ethnic cleanse the population by five sixths which again what is the whole COVID 19 agenda with the kill shot well that's exactly what he's talking about enslaving the rest of the world will willy-nilly so the so the so-called people enslaving the rest of the world to work willy-nilly with the so-called people of the new world order okay so all the stuff we're talking about today he he was predicting this and saying this back in 95 okay uh know what schneider is describing a biological weapon to reduce global human populations followed by a one world government authoritarian system to enslave the survivors does that sound familiar sounds like what we all witnessed in the last two years now we know that schneider was correct there is a global depopulation war against humanity that has been activated and is currently being run under the cover of covid 19 it includes the following elements uh, one, the deliberate release of toxic nanoparticle bioweapons. Two, the depopulation via vaccines, um, increased cancers, vascular deaths, neurological deaths, autoimmune deaths, etc. Uh, third point, terraforming of the atmosphere with the chemtrails to dim the sun and shut down photosynthesis leading to global famine. Again, we just talked about famine. Uh, fourth point, engineered food scarcity and famine via supply chain disrupt disruptions trucker trucker strike vaccine mandates shipping port shutdowns etc next point widespread electronic tracking and surveillance of the population using the excuse of vaccine passports or public health initiatives next point large-scale carbon dioxide theft from the atmosphere um, which will deprive the Earth's plant-based ecosystem of the critical nutrient for survival, which is CO2. This will lead to a near-total die-off of the existing web of life, including plants, animals, insects, and aquatic life systems. Last point, the total takeover of all governments, institutions, science, and establishments, media, and tech giants in order to, to enslave the entire human race and corral the masses into committing vaccine suicide for global depopulation. Huh. Pretty much everything that we've talked about for so many years all wrapped up into one and, and the last thing here is i give you my teaching on um exposing the strong delusion et aliens ufos the nephilim and the griata treaty um table of contents is uh matthew 24 38 uh and luke 17 26 says as it was in the days of noah or noe or noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man that's what jesus said uh, what is the significance of the statement and how does it relate to the Nephilim UFO or alien agenda? The flood epic of Genesis 6 begins with a strange account of sons of God or angels in the Old Testament taking human wives. Genesis 6, 4 said there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men, were of old, men of renown. The Hebrew word uh, which is translated as giants is 
called is Nephilim, which means the fallen ones. Jude describes them as angels having left their first estate. These fallen angels came to earth for their own purposes and to corrupt the seed of humanity and ultimately destroy human civilization so as to negate the biblical statement above um, the statement below by God himself, which is Genesis 3, 14 and 15, which says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent. And why is it so many times that when the, these people interact with these supposed alien races, they're always these reptilian like beings. I mean, so much of the time they're reptilian. Even a lot of the people that have said the Nordics are these perfect Adonis looking uh, females and males. A lot of times they've seen them actually shape shift into reptilians. Huh? Well, it, it kind of takes on a little bit more light if you read Genesis 3, 14 and 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go and dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity, meaning war, between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Meaning the serpent has his own seed. And Genesis 6 was a, was a um, example of the serpent's seed. The fallen angels procreating with women, doing something they never should have done, bringing on this Nephilim race. We got the same thing going on today, but they're called aliens and reptilians and greys and things of this nature. Just a different way it's, they're, they're going about. Now, I know there's overt giants as well. I mean, they've been killed in Afghanistan. There's a whole bunch of reports I've done on that. But um, God said way back in Genesis 3, I will put enmity or war between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seat. So doesn't this all make sense about how they're trying to kill us? They view us as the enemy. We, we're at war with them. We just don't even know it as, as a human race. Most of us. And then the church is to totally silent about this. I mean, they won't even ever talk about any of this stuff. So hopefully you'll remain in the dark as long as possible. Because isn't that what a good pastor should do? You know, a true shepherd, you know, that's willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Anyway. Ronald Reagan said the threat of alien, and regarding the threat of aliens, Ronald Reagan talks about an alien presence or possibly a threat to humankind and eventually the necessity for nations to get closer if it would happen. Um, that was his speech from the 42nd session of the United Nations. Um, there's a link there. I don't have time to play the link. I'm way, way over in time. And guys, I'm just going to do one part for today. I'm just, I've got just, just buried and um, uh, especially since I switched over to this new laptop, I'm just trying to get desperately get caught up and it's it's a very long transitional process for me and so i'm just going to put up this part one today and lord willing we will see you next time uh next week god bless you